What's up, guys? Before we jump into an awesome show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds. Solace Meds is a premier dispensary with smoking hot deals to offer. Make sure you check them out. They've got all sorts of stuff going on this month, including 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 25% off Kana 111 gummies, 20% off Keef Cola products, and so much more. And if you head into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. When you mention the code DNVR20, you get 20% off and a free Solace Bar or a King Cone. Remember, all of these amazing deals you can take advantage of. And then stamp 20% off additionally with the code DNVR20. So check out Solace Meds or check out their website at solacemeds.com to purchase from there. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach May, Sake at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four still waiting for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, a mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with brick, brew and a friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter. are dnvr and we are live from studio b the b stands for big news <laughs> out of dove valley today uh welcome into the first of many training camp post games post practice post post presser post well, presser there today. are press conferences after every practice so most days it's gonna be post presser and post practice post presser post practice that's a lot of peace postpartum um, well, it might be postpartum if the team is sold. I was going to say post post bowling, post bowling, and that is post Joe Ellis. We know that yeah. for sure. Yes, uh, we'll get into <laughs> all of that here in a second. But of course, we got to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver edu slash online is where you can scope out all they have to offer. Uh, they have 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. Something for everyone to check out over there at MSU Denver. So go over to the website, see what they have to offer. And again, appreciate them for being the presenting sponsor of these shows. My boys, aloha, fellas. So glad to see you guys. And man, just hit the ground running. Aloha means hello in this case, not goodbye. Aloha. Yes, it means uh, what I found out in Hawaii is aloha literally means everything. Really, you, you just... get you give six feet of aloha, you uh, you you aloha, <laughs> hello, goodbye, everything. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. And uh, if you ask Mace, it's the name of the shirt. As I was well. gonna say that's, that's nope. what that's what I learned when I was out there. <laughs> they don't call them Hawaiian shirts, and like when they started becoming more popular beyond just wearing for fun, we don't call they, it American football, right? But they would yeah, exactly <laughs> call it football Aloha Friday, Aloha like people. You know, we have the office space thing, Hawaiian shirt day on Friday, but. Aloha Friday became a thing, and that's Aloha attire. And, of course, this being training camp, a tradition for me for several years has been Aloha attire. Every single day? Yes. There we go. There will be a different shirt every day. I love it. Wait, you're going Aloha shirt every single day of training camp? I've done it for years. That's impressive. Wow. How many do you have? uh, 14. Okay. It gets you through a couple weeks. Yeah, don't really have to use the washer much. Yeah. I I literally – well, I'll probably – Come back around and wear a couple uh, twice over the course of camp, but uh, I literally have 
two closets that are full of clothes. I've got the Aloha attire, the polo shirts, T-shirts, pants, and then another closet, which I'm going to be happy to wear this year now that we're getting back to normal. You know, coats and ties and, and nice stuff. for, mm. for Your you know, closets sound the size of my apartment. That's, yeah. that's not bad. I'd say the closet's <laughs> probably about half the size of my place right now. <laughs> um, okay, first of all, did you stock up on uh, any new... Aloha and or Hawaiian shirts. I got one. Nice. I, I, got, I got one and it matches a dress my fiance got too. Wow. So yeah, Annika and I can uh, can can wear the exact same thing. I Just know what you're wearing for the, the engagement. No, exactly. I was in the engagement photo session. There what it is about right everything? There. Engagement photos, yeah. wedding. Mm-hmm. There Rehearsal we... dinner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, there was some big news that came out of Dove Valley today and... Um, First of all, I just have to say it was awesome to just be around all the media again. A lot of people we haven't seen in upwards of two years. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like sitting next to people, mm-hmm. not like in like weirdly spaced chairs. Um, all of it was really nice. Yeah. I mean, really, you have to go back to the last time we had a gathering like that. It would have been basically the, uh, the Raider game back in late 2019. And then to a lesser degree, we were all together at the Combine, a lot of us when uh, Vic Fangio and John Elway were speaking back in February 2020, and who knew? Who knew? Who knew? And also, I mean, you said John Elway. This was the first time in a decade we haven't talked to him today. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and um, he usually let a few things slip, and Joe Ellis, I don't know if, I mean, I don't think he let it slip. He was planning on letting us know this, which was that the current ownership situation is going to be in place for this season, which is something that we probably could have guessed. But he was very, very clear in stating that this will be the last season of this current ownership formula. And he even was slightly specific by saying by next spring or summer, there will be a transition to a new owner, whether that be Brittany Bolin or someone else. And right when the season's done, he wants everyone to know the time frame of just when the Broncos will be moving to a different owner. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, Ryan, this thing could, we, we could know about a time frame of the team being up for sale or being passed down to Brittany at the, in, in around January. And this team could have a brand new owner before the spring owner meetings. It could, but I would say also if the team... If it's Brittany Bowen, then certainly they could kind of arrange things by March. If the team goes on the market, probably a timeline that becomes realistic is going through the offseason and a sale process, and then a new owner coming in, probably assuming it, assuming control either after the late spring meetings, the May meetings for the owners, or sometime in June. And we kind of go back to Carolina a few years ago, the last sale, and uh, all that team the announcement was made on the sale in December. It officially hit the market in January, and then David Tepper closed on it, I believe, uh, mid-June is when it happened. And so, you know, e- either the team is handed to Brittany Bowen, which there are some hurdles to overcome there, and we'll get into them in, in a moment, or the te- with a sale process that probably ends about 11 months from now. I'll tell you what, Mace, just the way Joe Ellis was talking today, Mm -hmm. that's a guy that wants to make sure this thing happens as soon as possible. And so I know that there were 
outside factors making that sale of the Panthers go fast. Right. The inside factors of Joe Ellis wanting to sell this team mm-hmm. and get it off his plate so he can retire may be something that, that could actually surprise people and make this go even faster than Carolina because, guys, Joe mm-hmm. Ellis is done with this. Oh, yeah. He is yeah. done with his job as CEO and president. He's done with his job as the trust. He want, and, and he also knows, in the best interest of the Broncos, there needs to be a different ownership situation. But... He's he's done with it. I know there were some questions in the past about, you know, what what benefit does Joe have in selling the team? You know, he's got mm-hmm. a sweet gig now. Joe doesn't care about that anymore. Not, not I, I don't know if he ever cared about it in the past, but he certainly doesn't now. He wants the team uh, in, in new hands. Not only is he done, I think the league is done. And mm-hmm. he, did, he did indicate that he checked with Roger Goodell to talk about, okay, is it all right if we kind of go through this year and then deal with it? And Goodell gave the thumbs up on that. But... Next year, of course, is when the fines start kicking in for not having a a managing partner that everyone else is behind. And, of course, that was made with two teams in particular uh, involved, the Titans and the Broncos. Titans, they took care of it. They got behind Amy Adams Strunk, their daughter of the late Bud Adams. Uh, now the Broncos are on the clock, but it looks like the Broncos, one way or another, are going to get done. But it was interesting to kind of when he kind of pointed out the stuff with Brittany Bowen, it's, po- it's possible, but... He did reiterate the family still needs to get behind her, needs to be completely behind her. And then also another interesting thing talking about. Uh, okay, yes, this the, is what I wanted to talk this about. This is really fascinating in regards to if Brittany Bowen is, the, is managing things, the trust would still technically be on the hook as owners. And so the league would have to approve the trust effectively being the quote-unquote ownership but Brittany managing the day-to-day. And this is now where you start getting into another set of hurdles, another question that maybe makes the notion of the Bolin family continuing to control the team possibly a little too unwieldy here. Yeah, there just seems like so many things in there, including the trust. So not only mm-hmm. does the entire family need to get on the same page, and one thing that Joe Ellis said today was the dismissal of the lawsuit does not mean that the Bolin family is all on the same page. Right. That kind of would have been easy for him to say if that was the case, that they were all on the same page. They're not all on the same page. So that's not what that dismissal means. So we're the even though it's dismissed, we're still in just as tough of a place for Brittany to get the team as we were before the lawsuit was dismissed. Plus, now we learned of another huge hurdle that the NFL is going to have to waive the Broncos from a, a pretty significant uh, hurdle that the league has put out there because they don't want teams being owned this way. I think this was the unofficial goodbye to the Brittany Bowen dreams uh, for anyone who kind of wanted the team to stay in the family. And there is part of me that wanted the team to stay in the family. Now, there's a lot of things working against that, and it started with monetary challenges. Uh, which you which know, are just, still there, which yeah. are still very, very existent. Although he did make clear they're fine for this year in terms of having enough money to get to to run things day to day. They don't have any financial restrictions, even though it will be another year before income normalizes post pandemic. I just mostly mean like not having yeah. a solidified multi billionaire running your mm-hmm. NFL team is a handicap at this point in time. And that was the one thing that really was hanging me up on just being like full on team Brittany. And then you hear kind of the stuff today, which is like, okay, well then you need a waiver from the NFL and the team's going to stay in the trust. And honestly, trust is a bad word in Denver at this point. 
uh, when it comes no to the trust Broncos. There's, trust. There, there's <laughs> no trust in the trust. There, there really isn't. And so that, that's going to knock a lot of people off of that, you know, part of things too. And I think it's pretty easy to dissect at this point, especially when you go back to the lawsuit being dropped. All signs are pointing to the fact that this team will be sold. Yeah, and um, I, think, I think you probably put it very poignantly, but maybe very accurately when you said kind of that maybe this is the day, at least publicly speaking, that sort of the dream of uh, keeping in the team and the family may have died. Certainly it's taken a hit. And it just kind of my, as I emerged from that, just Joe pointing out all of the things that you have to go through, all of the hoops, and think of all the hoops that have been jumped through, through over the last seven years just to kind of have this type of ownership here. Basically, you know, an interim, effectively an interim ownership. And, you know, and, and the other thing, like, that is cut the things that have come out about whoever runs the team, that Pat Bowen believe that that should be 40 years old, preferably, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of having the maturity to efficiently run the operation. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's kind of tough to see, you know, and, and having, having worked for the Bowen, for uh, an organization run by Pat Bowen, it's, thinking about that, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. Yep. I'll, I, emotionally, it's kind of sad for me to see this. It is, and uh, you, uh, Macy, you have the koozie of the Packers. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is uh, apparently. I having... didn't think about that today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, Star Wars. There's, it's Yoda and C3PO and R2D2. But yeah, it's Aaron. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae <laughs> Adams are apparently mm-hmm. having the last dance mm-hmm. out there yeah. in Green Bay. This is the last dance for the for the Broncos, probably owned in the Bolin family this year. And then it just brings up so many questions <laughs> of. Okay, is this the last dance for Vic Fangio? Is this the first and last dance for George Payton? Because like you said, a billionaire owner can come in, and what's $30 million mean to him if that's what's remaining on George Payton's contract if the owner doesn't like George or wants someone else? I think George is going to do a good enough job. But But they got to win. It it means absolutely, yeah, they've got to win. It means nothing. So this could be the first and last dance for George. This could be the first and last dance for the rest of the coaching staff. And guys, another guy we talked to today, Von Miller. This could be his last dance, and we'll get into that later in the pod. But, I mean, just this one thing of ownership really just has so many ripple effects. Yeah, it does. And um, I think someone used the term last rodeo with Joe Ellis. Me. And um, Joe Ellis then said, well, at another point, Joe Ellis doubled down on everything he said and said, trust me. I will not be the controlling owner of this <laughs> yes. team by this time next year. And I just, I mean, it was like, my God. All like, right, I trust you, Joe. Yeah, I tr- I, we trust you. Um, so he, He's done his bit for king and country. Yep. He, he knows it. He's, you know, he's, he's felt very strongly, and I know, that, and I know this from talking to him over the, over the years, he's felt very strongly about trying to uphold the legacy of Pat Bowen, mm-hmm. trying his damnedest to set things up and, get things as Pat would have wanted. But, I mean, he's he's put in seven years just administering the trust, and then you have the years that he's put in working for the Broncos in two stints, both back in the 80s and, again, the 90s on through the early 2000s and, and today. I mean, he's he, he's done his part. I think he's, 
I think he's probably he's ready to kind of kick back and enjoy the fruits of his labor. Well, there's no doubt about that. And on top of it, you can hear from him. And he just admitted mm. today how tough these past few years have been with just on the field, let alone mm. off the field stuff. I mean, he went through the records five and eleven, six and ten, seven and nine. That's wearing on him. Yeah, and it's wearing on me, and it's wearing on mm-hmm. everyone in this city. Yep. And he I found took it, responsibility for it today. He did, and he shouldn't. Um, but he said something that is exactly how I feel. And I think that I'm not alone, which was like, I'm sick of coming up here and tossing you guys out blind optimism. Um, I'm sick of trying to tell you why it's all going to be great. It just needs to happen. And that's like 100% how I feel because I've gone into each one of these last five seasons optimistic uh, and I think I told this story once before, but I was on Nate Kreckman's show and he was like, RK, you're the optimist. Like, tell people why they should be taking the over on the Broncos <laughs> wins. And I was just like, sorry, Nate, I can't. Like, I, I'm not ready to do it. And I'm so deeply in show me mode with this team. Like, I've got to see, I mean, I don't know if I can be confident in this team before week two. Like, no. If they win, honestly, maybe after week one, if they go ahead and they go into New York and they win that game, maybe I'll start to build some confidence around them. But I think I speak for a lot of people when I just say, like, after all this, all the quarterback stuff, the Aaron Rodgers dream is dead, the the Deshaun Watson thing isn't going anywhere fast. And so you're looking at the team and you said, these are the quarterbacks. I'm not going to talk myself into this team until they show me something. Well, and because we've done it the past five years. Exactly. Because we've looked at the defense and said, oh, this this was a defense that just won the Super Bowl last Mm -hmm. year. Oh, they're only two years removed from the Super Bowl. They just hired a a defensive head coach in Vic Fangio. Well, look at the young talent on offense. Look at the veteran quarterback they're bringing. I mean, we've seen it, and we've heard it. And then injuries happen, and quarterback play doesn't happen. And so... The big question is, which we're going to be following every single day, every single minute, is the quarterback position. Because Vaughn's right. I mean, you don't need a great quarterback to go out and guide this offense to be a good offense because they have so much talent. And Vaughn said, jokingly, I think, that he could be the quarterback of this team with all the weapons that they have on offense. And then we know on paper how stacked the defense is. But one thing we also thought last year was Vaughn was ready to go. He, he looked like a guy we had never seen five days before the season. Boom, he goes down. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of time before the start of the season for bad things to happen, and I'll touch wood for that, but also good things for Drew Locke to come out and look like an absolute baller. But that's what we need to see is from that quarterback position, some true hope from that quarterback position. Yeah, and it's funny, like Vaughn kind of saying, hey, I could give me those weapons. I could, I could do it. And he was being facetious, sure? but at the same time, he thinks he can do that. Yes, he does. He has a lot of <laughs> self confidence, no doubt. But didn't doesn't didn't he kind of make an overall point, which is to say, with this talent, with this skill position and talent this team possesses, isn't it all about just the quarterback getting the ball from A to B, yeah. finding the open man? Yeah, w- without saying yeah. it, that's what he said. Without saying it, he kind of he kind of said, and and he was deferential and respectful both quarterbacks. But listening to that, I thought, all right. Drew's got to become more accurate. And if he doesn't take the step in terms of accuracy and consistency, Teddy's the guy who probably can have a better shot of getting it from A to B and just finding the open man. We're going to talk uh, a lot about the quarterbacks in the second segment. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, I uh, want to talk about a 
place that can get you from A to B if A is sober and B is a little less sober. And that is <laughs> Breckenridge Brewery, our friends down there, the official beer of DNVR, Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, I've got both seltzers in the fridge right now. I've got a uh, 15-pack of the regulars. I've got a 15-pack of the lemonades. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it just depends on which mood, which, we, which way you want to go. Mm. Sometimes you got to go Strawberry Sky. Uh, sometimes you've got to go Vanilla Porter. There's so many different great beers from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. So make sure you check them out. And, man, this has got to be our fourth – would this be our fourth training camp with Breck Brew? Because I think – I remember yeah. we were doing – Training camp when the Breck Brew sponsorship dropped and we were like so stoked. Yeah, I think that was even pre Mace, and this would be third training camp with Mace, right? Yeah, or second training camp with me. Oh, third right, you came on at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. The end. Okay, yeah, yeah. So my, this is the fourth, it's my two year yeah. anniversary on September first. Wow, How about that. There we go. Um, so yeah, Breckenridge Brew's been with us a long time, and they just also happen to make the best beers in the world. So check them out. And, uh, Ryan, you said this is our fourth. Well, this Saturday, it's our second grand opening, yes. and this one's going to be a bash, guys. It's going to be huge. 1 p.m. at the bar, and if you guys are here, you're going to catch a live pod as well when we break down Broncos training camp practice. And, guys, this thing is going to go one all night long, so make sure to come by the bar anytime in the afternoon or evening. We're all going to be there. We're going to have our DNVR team athletes here. We're going to have everyone here. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have Breckenridge blue, Brews flowing like crazy. You're going to be saying blues mm-hmm. after that night. Uh, and, guys, of course, when you're here, make sure to mention that you're a member because you'll get 10 extra raffle tickets when Ooh. you do. We're going to be given so many giveaways, including a pretty sweet snowboard as Ooh. well. And that just scratches the surface of everything you get. So make sure to become a member as well, and it'll pay off this Saturday. Hell yeah. Yeah, become a member, and uh, going to be a lot of great stuff. We're going hopefully, to hopefully pop in for a little bit. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to pop in for there. a lot of bit. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've got some family <laughs> stuff going on that night, but all of us are going to be here for a little bit on Saturday, at least a little bit on Saturday. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a blast. The party that we have literally waited 16 months to have. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the moment when I realized that our grand opening wasn't going to be our grand opening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, this will be, this will hopefully make yeah. up for that. Yeah. Oh, it will. Want to tell you also about Chevalier Mortgage, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. They're not only diehard Bronco fans and proud CSU alum. Sorry, RK. But they have supported DMVR for a long time as, as DMVR members. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DMVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options as dnvrmortgage.com. Whether looking at refining financing your current mortgage or buying a new home, Mike and Virginia will make the process as simple and smooth as possible. If you've come through the loan process before and you'd rather go get a root canal or rather watch a Raiders game, root for the Dodgers, then think about doing it again. That's because you haven't worked with Mike and Virginia. Trust me, they'll make the process smooth, quick, and enjoyable. If you want to buy a home but just think it's too far out of your reach, give Virginia a call. She'll take the time to listen to your situation, run some numbers, and let you know what steps you can take to make buying a home a reality. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Before we move on, just to kind of underscore the, you know, the finances and talk about the finances. I mentioned earlier, 
no issues with the Broncos in terms of paying the bills, even though the, re the re revenue is recovering out of COVID. As I was told by somebody very much in the know no on this, zero issues. They can go get any player that you can think of. They had not one pay cut or, or, or layoff. Yes, deep pockets would help for if, if you need a new stadium, but as far as resources, what you need for this year, the Broncos are in great shape. Whatever they need to do, they can do. Good. Great to hear. Um, can't say the same about myself. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Deep pockets, I think, would help all of us. Yeah, right? Yes. Um, I want to answer just a quick couple questions here uh, from the homie Swipe a Cam, who, by the way, check out his uh, YouTube channel if you're a Nuggets fan. He yes. kills it over there. He says, uh, did Vaughn's comments feel like an indictment of Drew and Teddy? So I've seen uh, – the reason I want to address this, because I've yeah. seen this all over Twitter, and it's like, no, it was not an indictment of Drew. Because a lot of people were saying, like, oh, well, the, the weapons were the same last year. They weren't, though, because they didn't have Cortland Sutton. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's a big difference. I did not take that as a shot at anyone. It was it was Vaughn patting himself on the back. It's Vaughn being Vaughn. Yes. It's Vaughn <laughs> being the goof. And today mm -hmm. he came out in some pretty sweet Oakley sunglasses. And he wasn't a did goof. You, did you happen to see his, his shorts? Oh. I'm putting those in air quotes because they were – Barely, they barely oh, qualified. You know, as you close. know what they were? Little Lululemon shorts. I think yeah, I got the same ones. I think Lulu mine, mine needs to help him out with some wider uh, <laughs> thigh opening. He, he's probably that. got that for a reason because he wants you to see how wide oh, they are. I saw them. <laughs> it looks very unnatural. I mean, I never thought that we would come back to about 1982 on shorts here. Actually, Allie, I think but that's what we've but we've done that. John Stockton's very happy. I tweeted out a video of, of Vaughn walking into the press conference. Let's just uh, bring that up real quick. The whole leg's out. I've never oh. seen more leg in, uh, in my entire life. Are, are the legs, the, are, we, are the only the arms the guns, or can you have guns in the, in the thighs and quads as well? Those well, are like I called, torpedoes yeah. or something. I Maybe, no, him, it's like cannons. I called him Quadzilla. Look at these things. I mean, if you've got it, flaunt it. I guess right? I just look like but he looks like he's walking uncomfortably in those things. <laughs> That's Vaughn. because the short his legs don't fit through the opening mm. of those shorts. Just trying to get a nice little tan, get the tan leg. Zach asked if I was intimidated. I the ground was shaking around me. I thought <laughs> it was just gonna all collapse. But he wasn't goofy, Vaughn, today in, in, in that sort of typical way. And there's kind of a reason for it, guys. He's taken a completely different approach to this year. He says he's at peace. How many times did he say he was at peace today? Oh, he said a lot. peace a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's giving peace, peace a chance, no, peace. no doubt. Yes. yes, he he is. I mean, and this is a guy who Von couldn't have been peace. he couldn't have been more different <laughs> from last year. I mean, last year he said he was doing two workouts a day every single day, just focused on football, and now. He played golf this okay. morning, guys. He played golf this morning. He, he played golf yesterday. He played golf the day before. <laughs> yeah. Never been more jealous of Von Miller. I've seen him in <laughs> private jets. Uh, you know, I've seen him uh, win Super Bowl MVP. But the fact that he's just playing golf every single day, that's my uh, peak he's in, jealousy. He's in dad mode. Oh, yeah. He's becoming a dad, and he's taking up the, the, the dad sporting vocation here. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to stop because yeah. he said if the Broncos keep winning, he's going to keep playing golf and I loved that, by the way. Like it was so, it was so uh, honest. Yeah. yeah, he's like, if we're losing, it's gonna look bad if I like just came off yeah. the course when I show up to practice. If we're winning, no one cares what I do, and that's one hundred percent true. Yep. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's it, if the Packers come out and start slow, 
then what Aaron Rodgers did this offseason is completely selfish. It's a terrible look for him. It's all on him. If the Packers come out good, the Packers fans are going to forget about all this drama, at least during this season. Yeah. You know? And so winning cures all. Winning absolutely mm-hmm. cures all. And if Vaughn wants to go play nine holes every morning when the Broncos are undefeated, he could do whatever he wants. I got to say, this him at peace is just so interesting because it's so different from last year and different from the Von Miller that we know. And wouldn't of, you say it's different from everyone else on the team? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And he said, I'm at peace and, you know, I just want to play football. So it's not like he's taking his mind off of football. But I just thought it was really interesting when he compared being at peace this year to not doing things he did last year, like two workouts a day. Mm-hmm. And Vic... Couldn't have praised Vaughn more last year, especially after not praising him much the year before. He was he couldn't have praised Vaughn more about his work last year. I'm just curious to see what this at-piece Vaughn Miller looks like on the field because when asked about his goals, he said, you know, as a team, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to do well. But me personally, I hope I do well, but I don't want to set goals. I want to be at peace. I want to, I want to ride every wave. normally says 30 sacks at this right. time and, of year. And so I, I'm just thinking like, man – this could work out great, guys, and the, the peaceful Von Miller could be a terror on the field. But if we're looking back in January and Von Miller had a sub-10 sack season, I think we're going to look at these peace comments and say, guys, he told us in, in July. Drive or that, whatever it yeah, was. yeah, so I hope it's for the best, but I don't want to ignore that. Maybe this is just kind of the acknowledgement of what he's becoming at age 32 because he now has reached a point, and I wrote about this and we've talked about this, it is damn hard to have a huge season in terms of sacks once you get to 32, 33, 34 years old. I mean, he used to joke about talking about, thir- about 30 sacks in a season. But with the exception of Robert Mathis back, I believe, in 2013 or 2014, we haven't seen a guy who's 32 or older get more than 12 sacks in a season. Yeah, It's almost like you have to recalibrate your expectations as you get older, but he also says he wants to play five or seven years. And that's why I kind of asked about the evolution. He kind of wasn't quite sure on that uh, going forward. But if he's going to play five or seven more years, if he wants his, his son to have memories of seeing his daddy Vaughn on the field, then he's somebody who probably has to recalibrate what kind of player he is and even kind of the expectations for himself. Because as we see, you can still kind of kick around the, and, and be a productive guy, but it becomes kind of your limit. You're, you're having a limit on the number of snaps you play, kind of a pretty strict pitch count. Maybe you become a rotational guy who plays only pass rush sub packages. We saw that with Julius Peppers late in his career in Carolina, for example. It's a change in kind of what you've expected of yourself and what you've done in order to, in order to adapt and stick around and kind of be at a different type of level. So, it's basically transitioning to not being the alpha. Can he, and is that something he's got in him? If he's at peace, then I think he does have the ability to transition to down the line being a guy who only plays pass rush, who maybe is the Robin to some young Bucks Batman. Weird part about that, though, is Vaughn like, is just a, as good at stopping the run as he is at rushing the passer. Right, but that's usually they say it's easier to find run defenders than pass rushers. Fair. That's the thing. Um. Really quick, talking about his son having memories of his dad playing on the field. Do you know? Do you have a general idea of how old you were, like your first memory? <sighs> True memory. Well, I mean, I was, how old were we, six when the Broncos won their first Super Bowl? Five. Five? Yeah. I remember a little bit of that. Yep, I remember that. I, I, I know like, they say you can remember things at three, but like, 
I, I don't know if I'm remembering anything. No one ever believes me when I say this, but I have memories from when I was one. Wow. I don't believe okay. you. One memory. What's one memory. memory. I was, I feel like I told this on a podcast recently. I was, uh, so there's two floors in my house and the top floor had like bars and I was on the top floor. Um, and I think like most of my family was down below where the living room was. And I accidentally dropped my toy through the bars. And then I like stuck my head out over the thing and like everyone in my family like lost their minds. Like, I bet they did. Screaming and like someone oh ran gosh. up the stairs and grabbed me. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not there. I, I'm at a four-year-old memory when I was accidentally fooling around with the television and I knocked it off the shelf and mm-hmm. broke it. See, it's tra- mm. it's like it's always traumatic Something stuff. bad happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, People freaked out. But as far as like a, a sports memory, I mean. For me, my first sports yeah. memory is that. Oh, no, I think I went to a preseason yeah. game in 1996. Right. Um, so that's my first one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think my first sports memory, my first sports memory, I believe, is when I was six. Yeah. Like five, five or six. It's kindergarten, but I'm, I'm not. It's like it's watching Michael Jordan in college, but I'm not sure if it was like. When I was five or when I was six. So what you're saying, Ryan, is that yeah. Vaughn's son will remember him playing in 2022. So he I'm just saying, have to like, play yeah. well, I'm just saying, so he he has to make it somewhere around 2025 to like be sure. Have a shot, <laughs> right? Okay, uh, we haven't talked quarterback battle yet, which is kind of interesting. Um, but that's Probably the other the first time in, or the only time in camp where we won't talk about it. Segment. One. Yes. It'll be the first <laughs> things out of our mouth just about every other day. Um, I'm just, well, maybe I want to end the segment with this, but I can't, it's just on my mind. I'm curious where you guys stand because we've all been in the same place, uh, for the most part of this. I want, I'm just curious if anything in the last few days at all, including today, have changed your guys' mind on who you think is going to end up being the starter. Yes, George Payton said something today that did make me change my mind. Vic Fangio is going to be the one making mm-hmm. the call. So it doesn't change my mind. It reaffirms okay, where I say. was. It makes mind. it that Teddy Bridgewater still has that slight edge. Because we've talked about it, guys. The best thing for the organization is if it's a close battle, give it to Drew. If it's close, George Vic Fangio doesn't want to mess around. Of let's say Teddy's like fifty five percent better than Drew, and it's like fifty five forty five. He's not going to mess around with that ten percent. He's giving it to Teddy. So to me, because Vic's making the call, it still gives Teddy that slight edge. Well, it was interesting to Vic sort of dismissed the notion of a relief picture, kind of like Miami had with Fitzpatrick coming. What did in he bring for, up? Uh, he talked about George Blanda. George yes. Black in 1970. Yeah. That was my first memory. Yeah. Oh, yes. Woody Page remembered. <laughs> of course he did. Pepperish Farm remembers. I don't remember. None of us remember. But he did talk about the notion of if one quarterback doesn't well doesn't do well, the other comes in. And I'm thinking, all right, it's not a relief picture, but if you do start one guy and then you end up having to go to the next guy, what is the better scenario if that's the case? Like somebody, uh, is it better if Teddy comes in and bails out Drew midway through the season or vice versa? Better if Drew comes in and bails out Teddy. So and you're I, so you're saying you're still sticking with I, Teddy? I think Teddy's I think Teddy's a starter, even though I think Drew getting the first snap, you know, Vic kind of jokingly talked about the 
you know, talked about, oh, well, he's got the seniority. He's been, he's been around. And I do think kind of addressing what, what Vaughn said, you have all these targets. The job of the quarterback is primarily to just set them up to succeed. And unless Drew has taken some steps here in the last month and a half, I don't know if he's going to be able to bridge the gap uh, between him and Bridgewater. But I also think that in a way, the best, the best chance Drew may have is actually if he loses the competition, sitting and watching for a wee, few weeks on the bench and coming in and maybe having kind of one more shot. Because if Drew starts the season and gets benched, guys, that's it for him. If Teddy starts the season and then Drew comes in, it's one more shot for Drew. Potentially. Uh, so I'm um, I'm the opposite of you guys. Uh, I still think Drew Locke is going to win this competition. And I don't think it's going to be some like tie goes to the young guy type of thing. I think he's going to actually outplay Teddy Bridgewater that would be in good. practice and win the competition. And I don't know, like, I, I wish I could give you like some hard quotes or anything that I could tell you as to why um, I felt like today that was the vibe. But I can't. It just was a vibe thing to me. I felt like just from the the way they were talking about it that they at least think Drew is going to win it. Um, and I think that they're hoping – I think that their best-case scenario is Drew goes out there and takes it. And George Payton said you'd like to see someone separate themselves right around Minnesota. And I think that – like. If you ask them what's your ideal plan, it's okay. Drew comes out, he looks good early on in camp, and then he goes and he really shows his best when we're doing those joint practices in Minnesota. By the way, Mace will be on hand there, uh, being our eyes on the ground. Um, so eyes on the ground. Yeah, I mean it's, it's boots on the ground. I'm sorry. I'm like, well, I you mean want, you're you our want, eyes I know. on the ground. You, you want my eyes looking at the practice, though, right? I, yeah. I, I mean, I want your eyes on the ground. I know. I know. Where the well, ho- where the football's oh, being played. Be hopefully the, the football. Hopefully yeah. the football isn't hitting the ground that often. We ho- unless it's you know the coming from Kirk yeah. Cousins. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, I do feel like uh, it's going to end up being Drew, and I don't. I the more that I kind of digest the way things went. I think that was the plan all along was Drew's still going to be the quarterback. Let's bring in a much better option to back him up where if he goes the wrong way, we'll have a a solid option there. And then of course there was the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, which I do believe they believed was real. And And they were very much going to be in on it too. And I think George Payton made that clear today as Mm -hmm. well. I think that was plan A. Exactly. He has an AA Ron. Yep. And yeah. so, but I, I think plan B was we think Drew Locke will be our starter. We need a better backup because he has gotten injured every year. Um, and we need someone that's going to push him a little bit. That I think that is their ideal scenario. Not necessarily let's bring in Teddy Bridgewater to be the steady, you know, the steadier of the ship who's going to come in and just not screw up and throw 14 touchdowns on the season. Well, that's why it's probably interesting that Peyton said Vic will make the call because you can not like looking at Drew based on where he is, other quarterbacks, similar form after two years, there's about a 30, 31% chance that he becomes a viable long-term quarterback. That's still a better chance than Teddy Bridgewater yes. has because we we've kind of seen Teddy over a few years. We know that he's the, we know that at this point he is that lower mid, that mid tier, lower mid tier guy who can start, can do all right, but, isn't worthy of that big contract, isn't somebody that you're building the team around. Drew, the odds aren't in his favor, but he has a better shot than Teddy. Mm-hmm. So you're basically saying one has a 31% shot, one has about a 10 or 11% shot of being long-term option. And so it still behooves you 
to play out that 31% because the chances are better for one than the other, solving it for the long term. I also get the feeling that George Payton likes Vic Fangio. Like, legitimately mm-hmm. likes him. And, and that he might, I don't know if, you know, he would go as far as to say, hey, you're not on the hot seat. But at least make Vic feel like, hey, don't make decisions as if <laughs> every loss could be your job. Like, and, and if I were the general manager, I'd be telling the coach that too, mm-hmm. even if I was lying. Because you don't want people making decisions just to try to keep their job another week. You want them to make decisions that are the best for the football team. I kind of view it the opposite way, Ryan. I think, and especially with Vic being the sole person to make the quarterback decision, I think George is saying, Vic, I've given you and I'm giving you everything you need this year to succeed and show me that you can be the guy. No, I don't think succeeding means 11-6. and and a second round in the playoffs. How long until we don't have to pause oh to do the gosh, math? Oh, my gosh, terrible. Because now I'm like 11 and 5. Is that the old one? That Yeah, terrible. I think it's as simple as a winning season. But would that, not, that, nine, would that, that's nine, what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. And, and I think that's, that's what George is saying. Vic, I'm giving you everything. You can even make the quarterback decision here. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, it's on you. He gave him and the if corners. the defense doesn't work out, it's on you, and I'll be able to say goodbye after this year. He gave him the corners, right? Remember the the, the draft video that Broncos put out, and he's like, oh, I got, got you the corners you want. I mean, basically, I, he got him the corners. He got him the quarterback that, uh, if he put him in there, wouldn't make mistakes. He got him some skill guys. He uh, When Jawan James couldn't hold up, he got him a solid. Bobby Massey's a solid, dependable, league average starting right tackle. He's healthy According right to Von Miller, Garrett Bowles is the best left tackle in football. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, Von, Von wants to kind of take a little credit for that because Garrett's been basing Von over the last few yeah. years as, and, as well. He kind of, and he kind of takes a lot of pride in what Garrett has done. Yeah. You know, facing well, and him. I think he took Garrett under his wing yeah. from the start. No I think yeah. he looked out for him, especially when things were going wrong. Yep. And, you know, Vaughn had a little bit of adversity as a rookie, but nothing like Garrett Bowles had. You know, with George, I do, th- and I do agree with you, RK. You said that George Payton likes Van- Vic Fangio. Well, he does. I think he really does. It also reminds me of uh, something that, 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 like, Jim Valvano said, who uh, was talking about Booster and said, hey, we love you, we love you, we love you. And he said, well, what if I go 7-20 and 20 next year? Said, <laughs> Coach will love you. And we'll miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it, guys. One thing, one thing. Jimmy I wanna, V has a fountain of so those good. things. <laughs> the way I want to wrap this up is typically the quarterback would also talk today. If yes. you had like a starter, the quarterback would talk today. So, uh, of the people that talk today, who's back next year? We had Joe Ellis talk, George Payton, He's gone. He's Vic here. Fangio, maybe Cortland Sutton, yes, Von Miller. Who's the QB? No. You got to tell me who the QB is. Is it if if has Drew Lock stepped forward? Oh, I can't. You're supposed to tell me that well, right no, now. That's, that's why thing. I'm doing this. I mean, it depends on it depends on if they've got the answer. Oh, you're saying who is speaking again next year? Who is here yeah. next year? Yes. Who is in Denver or who, who will be on the podium? Who is well? No, who is like well? Both. Who's back? Because what I if if Vaughn's still in Denver, he's going to be speaking. Five people scored today. Won't Who's be back? Speaking. But because he'll be here, though. He'll be here. He's back. He just won't be the star receiver So then uh, what quarterback will be speaking? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, love it. Love it. (laughs) People are going to call us Q Aaron for this, but putting everything together that we've learned in the last 24 hours about concessions being made, et cetera, and and reading and and kind of reading in Aaron's comments before, reading into the last dance Instagram post, I think it's a last dance year in Green Bay. But and, and the but the thing is, there are other yes. teams that could jump in. However, 
I think the Broncos, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, the Broncos are still the favorite. I think so as well. The only pro, the only thing that I'm just having a hard time, and, and first of all, I want to say like we're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers all the time anymore. No. Um, I think everyone, I think everyone's ready to move on. Yeah. I think people, and this is how I feel. He played the Broncos this entire year. Now I think Broncos fans will get over that if he comes here next year and balls out. But he played the Broncos. All year, and he got that's what he a got, whole other that's conversation. Feels he got, so, but he got what he wanted. He, he got the out. How did he not? Because not only because he put out through Adam Schefter, Broncos, Raiders, and who was the other team? Uh, Niners for the Forty Niners. So he put that out there. So he played the Broncos. No, he. I think he legitimately wanted to be traded. Well, then why would he? Why wouldn't he still do that now? Because I don't think he thought they were going to do it. Well, he didn't do what I said he had to do. He had to come out. He didn't and want to do well that. He would have well, rather. Then he didn't want to be traded that much. Well, then he didn't. He wanted to. He wanted to have his cake and eat it too. The Packers stood their ground and didn't mm-hmm. lie. Either way, like I said, I don't. I, I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers. But I do think the Broncos have a very good chance of being in that sweepstakes. What I, what I have a hard time with is a lot of teams are going to be starting to angle it, especially with what happened with Tom Brady. Um, like looking back to the fact that Tom Brady was ever allowed to leave New England is wild to me. Um, and, and it's wild to me. You guys wouldn't <laughs> yeah. touch him. And yeah. um, people are going to be other teams are going to be looking at that situation and saying, "Wow, okay, we can get Aaron Rodgers." So they'll be positioning themselves for that. The other thing is the Broncos are built right now for like one year. There's so much uh, turnover that's going to take place next year. Now, at the same time, that also allows you to open up some cap space to sign a name like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Either way. Um, Jerry but, Judy will yeah. be the wide receiver who will be on the podium <laughs> next year, even though he's not the best speaker on the podium. Um, Von Miller, I don't think, will be there. And mm. Joe Ellis won't be there. Yeah, But George Payton and Vic Fangio will. Okay, okay so they, they're going to go 9-8 and eight this year, better, you think? No, I don't think they need to do that. Okay. I think they need um, seven wins for wow. Vic to stay. Wow, I don't think that'll do it. Just because of like what you said, so many people are on one-year mm-hmm. deals. I think this is a prove-it year for Vic. Improve it in a way of... Get back to being relevant. Now, one thing that could work in favor of Vic Fangio, even if they do have a losing season, is if the sale process goes on over the course of the offseason, if it's not completed until late in the offseason, it reaches a point where it's too late to do anything. And if the Broncos struggle, if they did make a change from Vic Fangio, what kind of coach could they realistically get in January if there's the notion the team might be sold? One where you so give it, him a six-year deal, just like George Payton. It literally might be a situation where they have, where you almost ha- have to have Vic Fangio back unless the season is a disaster. And I don't think this is going to be a disaster. The problem is, if you have these one-year contracts and you end up kind of going forward in a new direction next year, unfortunately, if you go eight, nine, seven, and ten you're still not in position to draft one of those top quarterbacks less next year unless you make an audacious move up. Because I do think if the quarterback position struggles, but Vic Fangio comes back, but this team for one year kind of gets broken up and they kind of hit the reset button a little bit, they would need to find themselves a young quarterback to build around. And, it would, and it would be the Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Keaton Slovis conversation. Maybe Deshaun Watson's in play then, but I don't think anyone right now is yeah. giving up five first or high draft picks yeah. for him. Uh, the Texans, you made the decision to trade him about what five months too late. <laughs> yeah, well, real quick. Do you 
what do you think is going to happen there? Because I'm starting to get the feeling that it's going to be nothing. Like, business as usual is just going to go on for Deshaun Watson. In Texas? And he's yeah. going to play there? Well, I think he's going to play there this year. And then I think, you know, once the dust is cleared, maybe he gets his trade that he wanted. But the fact that he's not even on the exempt list is kind of mind-boggling to it me. Is. And it tells me that someone in the NFL office believes that this is going to blow over. And what's crazy, though, is when they think that, there's 10 criminal cases now being brought to the police, and that's just a whole new avenue. I think the criminal... I've got to think that those criminal cases being brought up are going to have him on the exemplist before the season starts. Yeah, because otherwise, though... I don't know. I mean, are they really going to start Tyrod Taylor when Deshaun Watson's healthy no, no. and able to play? No. But the question is, I mean, with all that out there, is he even on the practice field tomorrow? That's. I mean, that, I think he will be. I mean, do, is he out there? Do they try to hide him? I mean, that's that's in question. The other thing that is that that's in play is what if you there is a team that just says, okay, we're willing to live with a PR hit. <sighs> Especially if he does, wouldn't be the Broncos. If he doesn't go on the exemption, yes, exactly. It will not. I, I can basically feel bold in saying this, saying this, it will not be the Denver Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos would not be in the conversation until slash unless all these things are cleared. Yep. But what about Miami? I think there are I teams see, that would be willing to just... I could see Miami doing it. Woo. I don't think... But Phil, I don't think Phil, yeah, yeah, I don't think okay. Philly will would do it or move, would move until after we're further down the line of adjudication on this. Raiders wouldn't have any problem doing it. That would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> How would just, Mike Mayock feel about losing all those draft picks? But he gets a Clemson guy. Yeah, that's true. He loves his Clemson <laughs> guys. Uh, Even all right, when they're not the best. That is going to wrap up the live side of things here. Uh, let me just tell you guys, we are going to be doing this after every single training camp practice. So stay tuned. We're going to have the best, most accurate, fastest updates here for you guys uh, live on YouTube every single day after training camp. We are also going to have a quarterback scoreboard once again. Uh, I'm super excited for this. One, because it is, you know, sexy and juicy and everyone loves to read it. Two, because last time Zach and I nailed it. Mm -hmm. The second that our scoreboard started pulling away in Trevor Simeon's favor is when they announced Trevor Simeon as the starter. So I'm really excited to see if we can once again almost perfectly time up as when someone separates themselves and when the team then announces the starter. So keep an eye out for that. Starting as soon as tomorrow, uh, we will be covering all of this every single day. More and more stuff coming on the website. We'll have video breakdowns after practice. And again, we'll have this live here every single day after every single practice on YouTube. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And of course, you can catch the rest of the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search Broncos. You'll find us. We're the first one. It's the DNVR Broncos podcast. But for today, that wraps it up on the live side of things. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Illegal Pete's. So yesterday, Zach, I was on our bet show, and I was um, complaining uh, about how long my weekend was. I had driven back from Steamboat in the morning. I was in Strugglesville, and the homie Zach Castro, also known as Super Bowl in in, um, our world, just Venmoed me and was like, get yourself some lunch and some coffee. Wow. Um, he actually specifically said, get yourself some illegal Pete's wow. and some coffee. So I went down to illegal Pete's, uh, had a delicious steak and potato burrito, uh, and enjoyed every single bite of that burrito. Uh, illegal Pete's is the absolute best. Um, if you're someone who likes that big, you know, 
burrito or you love nachos or taquitos or any of that style, you know, especially in those big portions that you get at some of those other ones that I won't name uh, right now. You know the places I'm talking about. You got to check out Illegal Pete's. It's locally owned um, and locally sourced. So make sure you check out Illegal Pete's. Get you a, I recommend, steak and potato burrito. It gets a little crunch in there as well. Ooh, love it. Steak and potato? So potato. are you seeing right now I need to start complaining and people will just start hitting me up in my Venmo? I, I don't know if... Um, you're built different like I am, but <laughs> potentially. Well, one thing you could have done is then also turned around and got 25% off Strava Craft Coffee from him and actually made money off that deal, yeah, right? I mean, pocket just, a couple bucks. Just incredible. And of course, you can save 25% off over with our friends at Strava Craft Coffee by using the code DNVR25. That'll get you 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee. And Strava Craft Coffee is delicious CBD infused coffee. And CBD, of course, can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with the body. It help can it can help relieve, including for some people, it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So make sure to check them out. And after you use the code DNVR25, NVR25 and save 25%. Subscribe to Strava and you'll receive 20% off every single order after that. And you can have it show up at your doorstep every two, four, six, eight, or however often you want. It'll just show up at your door. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee and smash that code DNVR25. Also, Hassel Cattle Company. Um, I, I'm not kidding when I tell you it's the best beef I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now become like a part of my daily life is I just tell people about Hassel Cattle Company and how good it is. Like, uh, I was at my sister's wedding this weekend, and, like, anytime beef was mentioned, I was like, oh, have you ever had Hassel Cattle Company? Like, <laughs> just, uh, it's one of those things, it's like, you know when you know a really good restaurant mm-hmm. and you want to tell people about yeah. it because you know then they'll go and then they'll, like, yeah. thank you? It's it's your secret. Right. It's like, oh, you, you got to check out this little place. Yeah. It's on the corner of Colfax in New York. It's like... That's how I feel about Hassel Cattle Company. I'm like, I want someone to order it so badly so then they can come back to me and be like, dude, thank you. You just changed my life. (laughs) Uh, So check out Hassel Cattle Company. It's damn good beef. And right now they are offering buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. All you got to do is go down to HasselCattleCompany.com and use the code DNVR flank at checkout uh, to get that buy three, get one free deal. Of course, you can always get the deal for 10% off uh, and Free shipping over $200 when you use the code DNVR10. So get that 10% off and free shipping if you uh, make an order over $200. And trust me, you are going to want $200 worth of this stuff, whether it lasts you forever or if you're like our homie D-Line who goes through about $200 of the stuff every week. <laughs> yes, it's just true. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner will do that. Uh, you know, steak and eggs for breakfast, <laughs> steak sandwich for lunch, and steaks for dinner. And just a steak. Throw in some jerkies too. <laughs> Actually, Eric, I think Eric says that he himself is now just composed of Wagyu beef. So you get 10% off him? Yeah. We'll yeah. Sli- <laughs> slice him up. Wow, that's really dark. Uh, all right, let's move on here into the questions. One thing I want to tell you guys is since we are going to be live every single day, we have to share. We don't like sharing, um, but we do have to share uh, there. We have two studios here at DNVR, but anyone who's ever uh, hung out around here knows that we are constantly churning out content. We've got shows on every team every day on and more than just every team we have the bets every day so the point i'm getting at is there's limited studio time in here we want to be live every day because uh, we want to compete with the other people who are live every day we want to you know give you guys the best post training camp show that exists Mm -hmm. but we do have to share so what i'm getting at here 
is we have about an hour in the studio each day now. Maybe we'll, you know, push some people back a little bit. Um, we, we have some seniority that we can pull. But what I'm saying is we're not going to be able to get to every question every day. Um, it's something that we love to do. It's something that we definitely want to get back to. But just knowing the way things are going around here and how busy it is, the NBA draft is this week. We've got the party on Saturday. There's just a lot of stuff going on here at DNVR. So we're going to try to stay around an hour each day, which means when we get through the first two segments, we try to give you everything you need to know about training camp. What we're going to do is the remaining time we have left, we're going to uh, take the questions in the order that they came in. And obviously a lot of you guys say like, oh, this question isn't important. So we'll skip over those. Um, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up. It's nothing personal if we don't get to your question. And if it's still pertinent, you can always copy and paste it the next day, uh, and we'll try to get to it. Well said. So let's jump in and get to as many as we can right now, Ryan. From first one coming in from Orlando Bronco 420. New subscriber here. Been listening since the BSN days. Hey, got him. I think I started listening the year after Peyton left. It's been a little rough since, but I still haven't missed a podcast in over five years. Wow, dude. That's amazing. That is incredible. I love the deep dives y'all go into. Every little detail of the team. You guys are dope. Please keep it up. We will. Thank you, Orlando Bronco. He goes on and says, anyway, for my actual comment, guys, the Green Bay saga is over. Him and Devontae Adams both posted a picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen fist bumping. What I'm talking about is this he's saying this is him and Devontae's last dance or last season together. I don't know if he reports to camp day one, but after all the drama, I think he's going to go back. If this happens, which it will, I think we should all roll with Drew. He's had a decent week one last year, then gets hurt in the first drive of the second game and misses three weeks, has a decent game when he returns against the Pats, even though the stats don't show it. A great game against the Chargers leads one of the funnest comebacks I've ever seen. Then he goes on a bad stretch of three games. Then the Kendall Hinton game. Then when he came back, besides the first drive of the Chiefs game, I felt like he looked a lot more comfortable. He looked as if he was making decisions faster. I think him and Judy got a lot uh, or got a little bit closer at the end. Plus, with Cortland, Cortland coming back this year, I think he can make a lot of progress. Don't start old Teddy two gloves. We're dying for some fun offense, and Teddy's the opposite of that. Anyways, I'm done rambling. My comments won't be this long in the future. Keep being you boys. Well, Orlando Bronco, thank you so much for uh, officially joining the family, although yes. you've been a part of the family. Uh, this whole time. Now you are just a card-carrying member of the family. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I think that logic points to the idea that Drew Locke should be this team's starting quarterback. Now, he does have to earn it. It should Nothing should be given to him because despite what you said, and I think you mentioned some nice flashes from Drew, he hasn't earned anything in this league. Um, and that's just the truth. And all of you guys who listen to the show, you know that I've had Drew's back um, since he came in the league. Um, and he just hasn't earned anything yet. So he has to go get this job, but he should be the favorite because it's what makes the most sense for the organization. And I think that's what everyone knows, but they, they want him to go prove it. Yeah. And that's why they brought in Teddy. They, they didn't get, uh, even though they tried to get a Matthew Stafford would have tried to get an Aaron Rodgers. And in the end, they didn't go get a Justin Fields to replace him. They got someone to truly compete with them. And I guess this is as good a time as ever to address the idea that, like, we were, like, Drew Lock haters or whatever because we were saying, go get Deshaun Watson. We were saying, go get Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. We were, we, we were never really that excited by Matthew Stafford. But it still would have been an improvement. No, no one here hates Drew Lock. Right. Uh, in fact, like, as a guy, everyone here likes Drew Lock. Yep. Um. What we want is the best thing for the Broncos. And whether you want to acknowledge it or not, having Deshaun Watson pre-everything that's going on with him or Aaron Rodgers 
or even Matthew Stafford would be an upgrade for the Broncos at quarterback position, which would lead to presumably more wins for the Denver Broncos, which means everyone's happier and everyone's having more fun. But I just want to be very clear in saying that no one here hates Drew Locke. Uh, and I like I, I can speak for myself here when I just say, like, I think Drew Locke still has a chance in this league. I really do believe that some people have written him off a little too early, and he wouldn't have been owed anything if the Broncos went and got a different quarterback. But now that he has another shot, I think he legitimately might go and take it and make the most of it and become something in this league. And there's no doubt that's the best thing for the Broncos. All right, next one coming in from Behan Bronco. Gents, and a bit of personal news, my fiance and I both got new jobs close to Nashville, Tennessee, and we'll be moving there in about two weeks. Nashville Bronco will have to let me know where the best Broncos bar is in Nash, Vegas. That's awesome. I love Nashville. I've only heard good things. My question for today, what is your opinion on Nashville hot chicken? Is it superior fried chicken offering? It's superior in my opinion. I'm interested to hear what you guys think many many thanks well i've never had true nashville hot chicken i mean it is by far the best iteration of fried chicken i have to imagine i mean spicy fried chicken yeah exactly can get better um like the fact that not spicy hot uh, fried chicken exists doesn't even make sense to me i want everything to be spicy um i'm sure nashville bronco has his own recommendations Uh, there's a lot of like famous names like hattie b's um, is the most famous one that people uh, go to down there. Tossing names out. But the one that I had my favorite meal at, uh, and I, in fact, went back the next night because I liked it so much, was a place called Party Fowl. Fowl spelled the pun version of, like, bird, mm-hmm. F-O-W-L. Yep. Party Fowl. Go there. Um, obviously, you're going to end up checking them all out, but that was my favorite. Do you just get it on its own? Yes. Uh, Allie actually got the chicken and waffles, although I think it was actually chicken and like almost like a funnel cake. Oh, that doesn't sound bad. Which was also (laughs) delicious. Um, but yeah, I just got the straight up. I think I got whatever their hottest is one below that. Oh man, your man. I, I, you know, I like me some <laughs> Dan Burke chiming in. Hey, guys, I was really sorry to hear about Greg, Knapp, Greg Knapp's passing the other day. I always thought his contributions to the Super Bowl teams went unheralded. He especially did a great job in making sure Brock was prepared as a backup in 2015, and we all know how important that seven-game stretch was. I noticed a lot of me- media members shared stories about their positive interactions with him, so I was wondering if any of y'all had some stories to share about Knapp back when he was here. Yes. Um, funny enough... Uh, Greg Knapp is actually the first ever position coach I ever interviewed on the Broncos. Wow. Um, as you know, Zach, getting an interview with the position coach is not easy. Yes. Um, but when I went to the cover the Super Bowl, which was about three months into my time covering the team, um, we had like unprecedented access because they just put everyone at a table and you can just go talk to whoever. Well, well, everyone wants to talk to, you know, Von Miller and Peyton Manning and DT. I was like, oh, this is finally my opportunity to get to talk to a position coach. So I went and talked to Napper, and, man, he couldn't have been more gracious. Yeah. Um, I was obviously, like, nervous. I was still really young. Um, I probably wasn't the, very good at asking questions <laughs> back then, but I was really interested in his relationship with Peyton because I thought that was something that was very undocumented. And he was really open with me about that. Um, and I should go dig up the story and just, and give it a read. Um, because he was really like, he really gave me some great quotes about his relationship with Peyton, his respect for Peyton, the mutual respect they had and how, how much he, you know, really cherished the opportunity to be his coach and just try to be whatever resource he could to him. So, um, 
just heartbreaking what happened to him. Um, and like I, like you mentioned in the comment, there are just every person has a story of what a great guy mm-hmm. he was. And just talking to him really one time um, for an extended period of time, I got that feeling as well. Yeah, and incredibly nice and obviously a good coach, but very much a better person um, and very loved around the league. So sad. And Dan Burke, thanks for bringing that up. Next one from the Danimal. He says, I have absolutely nothing productive to say about football today, but I do have to ask a favor. 30-hour podcast, and we'll probably end that comment there, Ryan. We we uh, you know, we couldn't watch practice if we did a 30-hour podcast. Yeah, uh, no, no 30-hour uh, podcast. <laughs> he says, uh, Ryan will talk about the Masters, but isn't allowed to use golf terms. That would okay. be tough. He, he's saying, hold on, hold on. We got to, we have to. Get the full context. <laughs> so it says, might be sticking around next weekend for the 11th anniversary of my 29th birthday, and I'll be at the bar. So here's my three ideas for the marathon show. Mm, Mace yeah. recites the score, temperature, and which side Elway parted his hair for every game from 1984 to present. Ryan talks about the Masters, but isn't allowed to use any golf terms and has to replace all the golfers' names with NFL Hall of Famers. Zach says 10 nice things about Vance Joseph's coaching. That should take 30 hours. My vote is on Zach. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, thank goodness we get to talk about football now, Ryan. Absolutely. Next one's from Greendale Human Being. Hey, y'all. I've been traveling a lot recently, so I appreciate the great pods. So keep up the great work from the replacements. Just a quick question today with us getting closer to the season and more rumor swirling, which is more likely we get Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, or Drew or Teddy breaks out to be a Pro Bowler. Lastly, when we can expect the first DNVR tailgate show, or are y'all planning on doing any for the preseason? Uh, it's funny you bring that up. Someone was just asking me in the company that question the other day. Um, that's going to be a, a week one type of thing. Uh, there's it. no preseason tailgate. Like we, <laughs> we hit the ground running. It, it, it's too good for the preseason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if you're that good, you don't need to practice. So what's more likely? Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson is a Bronco or Drew Teddy breaks out to be a pro bowler this year? Well, easy for this year. It's Drew Teddy being a pro bowler because Deshaun and Aaron isn't happening. What? Uh, okay. Um, you know, there's only one option left. I'd say it's, oh gosh. Yeah, I guess, uh, it, it wouldn't be Teddy. Uh, so Drew being a pro bowler, I guess is the most likely. Yep. I think, I think it has to be, oh wow. The big T with a monster one. And he says they're non football topics. So do we roll past? Yeah, I don't we we've got five minutes left. I think just reading this would take all five. <laughs> I think it would, but Big T, we absolutely love you. He says delete the comment now that he's seen other ones. But we love you. We love the commitment. Next <laughs> from one from Miss Mrs. Quill. Quill. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking this one. <laughs> hey gents, obviously a lot of ways the Rogers situation could unfold, but assuming he retires, what is the process like if he wants to come back? He's not retiring. Um, and I don't exactly know how that works, but like I believe once you retire, if you come back before your contract would have been up, the other teams, your previous team still controls you. Right. Yeah. So that's why that path didn't really work. And, but now it seems like he's really going to control his future after this year with the way they're restructuring his current contract, eliminating 2023 and making it so he really controls exactly what happens next year. Mm-hmm. From Sebastian Urbe, my boys, hope y'all are doing great. So I had a quick question about training camp. Is there any way besides going in person that just regular fans like myself could watch it? Or is there some place I could get highlights from it? Thanks as always. Have a marvelous Monday. Much love, Sebastian. So last year they did, um, and I actually do know they're doing this because I was invited to be on it today. They do these things called training camp live. And that's going to go from the Broncos um, 
social media accounts every morning when training camp starts. And it's a cool show that they've done. Honestly, um, one of my favorite products that they have over there. They basically have like a, a couple hosts. They're up, they're watching, and then they'll have some guests come on and they'll talk Broncos, but they also have like cameras everywhere. So they, they're giving you shots of practice. Um, it's not like watching a football game where you're going to see all the action, but you'll get little snippets. And then, of course, uh, Phil Milani and the rest of the crew over there do a great job of putting out a little highlight package each and every day. So between those two things, um, you can get a little peek, but n- it's not uh, – you're not going to be able to, like, come away with, like, a you know, a page of notes on what you saw. Right, you're not going to be able to write a quarterback scoreboard off that. No, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll take care of that for you. Steve is the worst, comes in with the TLDR. My boys, cue the insanely massive overreaction to the Rodgers news. We have been who, or we have who we have. So let's get behind who we have. And if it doesn't work out, then live with it. As I understand, it the, it's the deal that gets Rogers the option to leave next season. Yes, it will be harder to get him, but we can still try. Also, if I'm not mistaken, Watson's trial starts this February. If he's if he isn't convicted, you say we could be. You say we could just miss the first train for both of these guys. Sorry for the long one, but I just know how Broncos country can get. LOL. Keep on balling, fellas. Yeah, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Um, there are people who believe that nothing's even going to end up going to trial. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, yep. And But a lot of people also didn't think it was going to get to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Next one's from Pismo Beach Broncos. It's 07. I think this will be the last one. He says, pretty depressed and camp hasn't even opened. Can't help but go back to the draft and place a massive question mark on the pick with Fields on the board. I have no idea why I feel that way. I do about Locke. I want to root for him, but I just think he's a bum, honestly. Where does this team go from here knowing we have a Super Bowl caliber roster minus the spot that allows you to actually compete for one? Hard to root for 9-8. and 9-8 eight. and is better than 5-11 and 11 and 6-10 and 10 the past couple of years. And a, a few people responded to Pismo Beach Bronco and said, uh, that they ca- you can't be calling Drew Locke uh, a bum. But I think one thing you can do is you can question the decisions made at quarterbacks, specifically in the draft now. Uh, you-, you hope that the Broncos truly have confidence in Drew Locke, that he can take that next step. Or else, Ryan, what are you doing? You, you should have drafted Justin Fields, unless you do have the big, big confidence in Drew. Yeah, well, okay. I mean... Let's just be honest here. The confidence was that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. And this is basically how it went. They believed their chance was good enough to get Aaron Rodgers that they were okay with the backup plan of Drew and Teddy. Meaning they didn't feel like they needed to go be desperate and draft Justin Fields, who, by the way, they didn't love. And I even went back and watched the Michael Silver report from the next day in which he said the Broncos... Two Rillies really, really liked Justin Fields, but they loved um, Patrick Sertan. Now, again, if things go wrong, if things go great for Justin Fields and they go bad for the Broncos, there's no excuses. Nope. Um, but it was basically a series of events where they said, okay, we think we can get Aaron Rodgers. If we don't, we can live with Drew and Teddy. So we're going to pass on Justin Fields. Well, they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. So now we get to find out if the idea that living with Drew and Teddy was a massive mistake and kind of living on a dream of getting Aaron Rodgers was a massive mistake. Or if maybe they dodged a bullet 
by not being desperate at the position and not drafting Justin Fields. They better have had some massive intel before draft night about Aaron Rodgers being available if they were going to shift their draft plan that much to not draft a quarterback. Yeah. And again, doesn't matter how you felt that night. If you missed this and Justin Fields goes on to be a franchise quarterback, there's egg on your face forever. It's a... Until you get it figured out, that's that will not be forgotten. Yep, it certainly won't be. Uh, and so, unless Drew Locke gets it right, Petty Bridgewater, you know, is the one we saw before his injury, or the one we saw briefly in New Orleans. You got to get it very right because if Justin Fields goes out there and starts balling, people are going to start balling in a different way. They absolutely will. It'll be another sad year in Denver. Yep. Um, but there's never a sad day at MSU Denver. Uh, where you can go over and get a great education while maintaining a full-time job. Um, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. And speaking of partners who have been with us for a long time, they have been with us for a very long time, and they've been the presenting show, uh, presenting sponsor of this show for a while. So if you're looking to further that education, you don't need to be in Denver um, to use MSU Denver online. Check them out. See if they have what you're looking for. I bet you they do. But for us, that is going to wrap up the last podcast before we have real, real football to talk about. Looking forward to, again, moving on uh, from all of the quarterback drama of the offseason and really focusing in on this team. I know some of you got sick of it. Uh, It was the most pressing topic for us to talk about, but it's no longer. The most pressing thing for us to talk about starting tomorrow is Denver Broncos training camp, and that's what we'll be doing. So we will see you guys then. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying.